Welcome to the Customer Acquisition Experience Podcast with Guy Rosman. This is the show where top digital marketers share proven tactics, tools, and frameworks that will help you acquire more customers and grow your business. Let's get started. Here is your host, Guy Rosman. Elad, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, Mr. Elad Levy, you're one of the smartest marketers I know. And first of all, I have to ask you, how did you become so smart? I think I was accepted as a, as a smartass. I think as a kid, that's one of the most recurring uh, comments I've probably received growing up. But I, I'm always curious about things, how they work, what's kind of beneath the, the cover of things. Uh, I used to tear up computers as a kid and try to build them up. And I think I've also had that you know, extra edge on top, that, that chutzpah to take things to wider extremes, um, which also drove kind of that, that curiosity back in, in a feedback loop. So yeah. Yeah, love it. Uh, and from knowing you, it's definitely a good description. The smartest part, obviously. Tell, for people who don't know you that might be listening, tell us a little bit about your background and what you've been up to recently. So I'm a marketer for, I think, now 11 years. Makes me feel old saying that out loud. I've been doing various positions around marketing, from marketing manager to digital marketing manager and SEO expert for a while, a agency client side, the works. Um, four years ago, I started a, a startup with a couple of friends of mine they called Fixel, and they really handled everything in marketing around that uh, product. At some point in time, we also realized we had no product manager, so I became the, the ad hoc product manager for Fixel, so started a, a new professional route, and, and really, even though I'm a, a marketer at Soul, I'm really a very technical person. So when I'm looking at marketing, many times I'm looking at the very technical aspects of it and, and really trying to find the ways in which I can crack or, or scale or, or really approach things differently and bringing in that technical expertise, yes. Yeah. So, you know, for me as looking from the sidelines, uh, so I've seen you and Fixel uh, since the, the, the start, I guess. And it always seemed that you guys are very technical. And first of all, with the content that you put out, but I think that also the product. So maybe mm -hmm. just take us to a little bit to the how it was inside, like growing that startup and uh, what did you do, you know, to, to launch it and to grow it? So, so I think it's very interesting that you're sharing that perspective you have about Fixel. And I think it took us quite a, a while to get there. Um, Fixel, in a nutshell, is a solution for advertisers to be able to understand which website visitors are of high value that are worthwhile pursuing, and then easily putting these into remarketing audiences, lookalike audience, and, and whatever else. So, so it's a tool that's geared directly toward, a, I'd say, performance advertisers. Now, when we started out Fixel, we had 
I'd say two separate vectors. One around the product, which we try to keep things very simple and, and very easy to do. And all you have is put, to do is put up a, a line of code on your website or a tag manager or whatnot, and it worked just like that. No, no customizations, no nothing. And on the content front, we also started very, very lean and, and very kind of fluffy marketing content that, that really didn't touch anybody. It was generally very, very broad and very kind of all over the place. And I think the, the progress that we've made as a company, as a marketing organization, is understanding that we need to add more depth into it. Um, so on the content front, we went deep and, and we really dug into very, very specific topics. We have blog posts that are top performing and, and getting fantastic organic results that are talking about specific Google Ads uh, scripts or a very in-depth uh, optimizations for Google Analytics e-commerce and, and really diving deep into the nuts and bolts of things. So that's on the content front. But on the product front, we also understood that we need to make things more complex. Now, it's not about making the product different. Product serves the same purpose and same people, and, and there's no real difference. But we understood that people need to go through a process when, when they're working through our product. And so instead of having everything on by default and everything connected without any toggles or anything that you need to push, when people now sign up into our product, we actually introduced friction. We actually make them select a, a, a toggle to add on Google Analytics or another one to add in Facebook. A thing that would have otherwise been out of the box already pre-configured. But adding in that friction created that understanding of, oh, there's, there's real value. This is what it's connecting with. And that very small amount of work required switching on a toggle created tons of value or, or perceived value for the user that actually understood, okay, this is what it does. So there's a lot of maturity that had come upon us before we could actually realize these things. And that's interesting. So it's it's part of the product development process, I guess. But can you tell us a little bit about how you got this data, how you discovered that once you introduce friction when... You know, as a marketer, friction is most of the time bad. You don't want friction. But in the product, you did integrate fric friction. So how did you get to this conclusion? And, and maybe you can tell us if you saw like a significant increase in the results thanks to that. Yes. So, so yeah, what, what you're saying, it's, it's one of the key dogmas, right, of marketing. And, and also in product, remove any friction, right? Make it as easy as possible. And starting out, this is what we we had. This one click, that's done. And then set for you, you, you don't need to configure anything. And, but when we talked to our clients and, and we looked at accounts that were being created and, and not used and, and nothing was happening within them, all these kind of dormant accounts you get on SaaS, we've reached out to these people and tried to understand in, in their words how did they perceive our product? And we've seen that they've got it completely wrong. They, they didn't have the slightest clue of, of what we were doing or what we were integrating or how this thing works. Now, it could go to different issues. You could have issues with the copy on your web pages. You could have 
the main marketing website that's leading up to the product page. And, and you can have all these different things. That, and we've done a lot of optimizations around it, a lot of education also. But really, it, it came down to people coming into the product after they found the website interesting enough, haven't really read it through well enough. Signing up, and, and they're really hitting that kind of, of blank. And, and okay, now it's kind of a new plant and we need to understand, okay, from the start, what is this doing for me and how, how am I benefiting from this? And at that point, we understood, okay, there, there needs to be some friction. So, so instead of going in and voila, get that piece of code put up on your website and, and see fantastic results, you have to go in, have a, a short explanation, a nice fluffy video that explains what this is, and then it pushes you directly into the settings page. Where do you want these fantastic audiences to, to integrate with? And then with these few clicks, that, that's really very little friction in it, people really understand, okay, this is what's happening. It's integrating with these platforms. It's sending these audiences into Facebook. It does all these little things that really help that sink down and, and people really get what we're doing. And, and there's an interesting story uh, I'd like to share also on, on this. At some point, we saw a, a huge increase in signups coming in from South Africa. Masses of people signing up, going into our, our website, flying into the signup page, and none of them actually converting or installing our product. They've, they've created accounts. These are real people, but they're not installing the product or using or doing anything with it. So, so we, we started talking to these people, and we, we quickly realized that there was a shoe or, or sneaker a, a supplier in South Africa that were selling shoes that were branded under the name Fixel. Their brand colors were yellow and black, just like ours. And people were zooming in through the website because we were ranking first organically for the term Fixel. They weren't even looking at our website copy. They didn't care that we're selling a solution for advertisers. They, they literally had no clue what we were about. Came into our sign-up page that stated testimonials of our clients saying how fantastic this is for their advertising. And then they completely ignored that, signed up, and then they couldn't find the shoes. And that's the only place people stopped and really were, okay, what, 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 where are the sneakers? What's happening here? And we're seeing this. We're seeing people that are coming, actual customers that are coming in by word of mouth because they've heard on a Shopify group that this is a fantastic solution to use. And they're zooming through the sign-up, but they have no clue what the heck this product is about. And you got to give them to them. you got to you know, serve it to them yeah. as, as simple as possible for them to comprehend. Yeah. So you basically, you, you're saying that after speaking to customers and seeing that they're not really using the product the way you intended, so there should be some kind of education or, mm -hmm. you know, in the onboarding process or integrated within the product. Now, did you also take it to the marketing side? Like, did you use it as a way to generate educational content that would pull people in? So our take on educational is is in... I'd say a complex one. So generally what mm -hmm. we do, as I said, we try to make really in-depth content and, and tackle very specific topics that are of interest to our audience. And one approach that we've used very frequently, I'd say, is, is taking a concept 
having a solution in place or, or laying out a solution that would help you really optimize for it, for dynamic remarketing, for excluding bots in your campaigns, for, for doing all these different things that people are worried about. But the mm -hmm. solution done manually is too much of a pain in the neck. No one would really wants to go through the process that we've described, which, which is a good one. We really believe in, in what we've described. And, and the alternative to it would be using Fixel. So, so understanding how people would use our product and, and what this would replace really gave us that kind of ability to, to really target a high quality content that's really in-depth at driving fantastic organic traffic and, and it's actually valuable, but scary enough for people to say, okay, I, I don't want to do this on my own. Please do it for me. Yeah. No, so first, this is smart. So, but... It, it requires a lot of domain expertise, right? Like you have to really know the pain points, right? Of your audience. You really know how to solve it in a tricky way and then to build it within your product and, and serve it to them, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you have like an example of a specific problem that you were managed to solve and, and it generated a lot of interest? So one hack that we've found is around being able to identify bot traffic. Now, this actually requires a shout out to, to Simo Ahava, the, the GTM master. He wrote up a solution on how to track bots coming by your website using Google's reCAPTCHA and logging them into GTM and then elsewhere. And we picked up on this and we understood that this is really interesting for, for people that are running at paid ads at scale. And we started playing around with it and we've done different comparisons. And originally we tried to compare what, what is the engagement score of these bots and how is this messing up our uh, stats. And what we've actually identified is none of the users identified as bots were actually flagged by high value users as Fixel. And this was a, for us was a bonanza. So what we've decided to do is, is take this blog post explain to people how they could go about, you know, tracking bots coming by their website and go through all this really tedious process. And at the same time, explain, okay, but, but Fixel was able to identify these bots from the get-go and Fixel would do this for you. And, and this has been very valuable in driving these people to actually convert and, and sign up for the Fixel solution regardless of, of what other needs that they originally had. So, okay, so this is great. Like you create the content and people are coming and, uh, you know, they're signing up and uh, mm -hmm. tell us some more like about the growth of the company. Like how did you, was able to, to do it on scale and grow and how did you track, you know, uh, maybe define and track your success metrics along the way? So there's different stages in maturity of a company where you track different types of metrics. And, mm -hmm. and Fixel has been a tricky one because we've, at several points, shifted between being a classic SaaS business to being a, a really, I'd say, sales-driven organization and then shifted back into pure SaaS. And so, so starting out as a SaaS company, we're looking at the basic metrics, right? Signups, conversions, revenue, and, and really trying to optimize between these. At the very beginning, we were also 
well, not at the beginning, but, uh, throughout the entire period, we're really concerned about brand and being able to really drive that brand awareness. So, so we were also trying to optimize for people searching for our, our brand and mentioning it and, and really being able to, to be in the right context for people. Moving into a sales-driven organization, we really looked at the deals pipeline. We're looking at things differently because we were trying to get people to sign up for a demo and then get them on a call with our salesperson and then really kind of build that flow, which, which is somewhat different than, than working classic SaaS in my experience. And, and at some point, we, we shifted back into the SaaS model and again, revisited our metrics and, and really tried to align everything to that. All along, we really kept the eye on the prize and, and we're looking at MRR and ARR and all these you know, standard metrics to really make sure that we're really driving business home. But, but the shifts between the types of, of marketing-driven or sales-driven are, are very difficult. I, I, I really urge people to be very conscious of, of making these switches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically to build a, like a sales organization and a process with sales, it's going to be very, very different than building a, you know, a product-led growth or marketing-led or whatever you want to call it based on a mm -hmm. SaaS product. And so, so you're saying that in the end, you, you did go to, to that uh, place. And one thing also that we discussed a little bit earlier before we started, and also something that I noticed is that, uh, you know, maybe maybe because we are in the same network, but I always saw the content. It was also very interesting and engaging. And, and you kind of touched upon the fact that you did a lot of stuff related to content, or maybe for other stuff as well, that, that made like Fixel look, you know, bigger like a bigger company once while you still were small and growing. So how would you go about that? And like, how can, you know, other people that listen to this can think about their startup and where they're at, but really like, you know, paint the picture in, in a different way for people to, to see and acknowledge. So I'm a firm believer in, in punching above your weight. When you're small, you need to look bigger. Mm -hmm. And looking bigger, in my opinion, it can be achieved in, in several ways. One is, is you can st stand out by design. Really, I think the first and foremost way in which a, a product looks poor is by being poorly designed. So, so there are you know, products that have quite a, a crappy design, but they're owned by a big company. If you look at... Amazon, it's not designed, you know, as exquisitely, but, but it's owned by a big company, so you trust it. But, but if you're a small company, you really have, you need to have that kind of finesse around everything you do. So, so that's one thing. Don't be shy about paying your, your designers or buying that externally. The other one is around content. Now, around content, first off, the, the, you know, the, the golden rule of, of less is more, right? Quality over quantity, do less blog posts, but ones that are more in-depth and, and are better, you know, geared towards your uh, audience. The other one is really being able to have other people talk about you. And, and if you're able to get that, that's really the best, you know, place to, to, to have people kind of recommend you without you bragging about yourself. Now, now, 
one concrete example that I like to give about this is when we started out, we were trying to rank organically for remarketing tools and in different variations of remarketing tools. And this was very difficult because we were up against Criteo and AdRoll and all these industry giants that have been around for forever. And, and we weren't able to rank with our you know, fresh domain. So what we've done is actually try and identify who does rank for these terms. And, and of these, who isn't a, a natural competition of us? So in one example, we found an SEO tool that published a blog post about remarketing tools that had nothing to do with their core business. And in 2018, we found that their blog post hasn't been updated from 2013. So being good Samaritans, we reached out. We told them, hey, this is a fantastic blog post. It, it's ranking third or fourth for that drink for best remarketing tools. And, and let us update it for you. And they said, fantastic, why not? They, they don't care. It's not a key you know, thing that they're promoting. So we went in, we rewrote the blog post, and suddenly we were ranked as one of the best remarketing tools alongside Criteo and AdRoll and all these other fantastic tools. And at that point, we reached out to all the other first and second page uh, solutions that weren't really coming from competitions. And, and we started reaching out. We, we conquered the first page. And the interesting part that at some point we started getting organic mentions for being one of the best remarketing tools out there because whenever somebody was researching for writing a new blog post about best remarketing tools, we came up consistently. So they figured, okay, we're one of the bigger products out there. We should be positioned alongside the other ones. And many lists that came organically mentioned Fixels alongside these industry behemoths. So, so yeah, it's, it's one way of, of looking bigger than you actually are. Yeah, so this is a really creative way, you know, of getting to the top positions in Google without doing all the legwork and all the hard work, but rather being smart about it. And it's interesting, like, uh, basically, you know, this is a tool for performance marketer, but as it seems like from our conversation, like your main growth driver was organic. Is it the case? Yes, definitely yes. We have done some campaigns. I think primarily remarketing was a substantial source for us. Um, but working at scale in, in driving these inbound leads hasn't been much of a success, in, in all uh, honesty. I can say we, we could have invested more time, more budget, and, and really you know put ourselves out there. We haven't really committed to it because we understand that there is some glass ceiling that you'd reach and you'd usually reach it very fast and very hard. So, so we were more committed to driving that kind of substantial, uh, sustainable organic growth rather than, you know, spiking at these uh, paid campaigns. Yeah. All right. That's great. So, so listen, Elad, like you definitely delivered a ton of value for people. Like people can really Think about what you say and then try, go and do it. Maybe they can do it or not. But like, like my last question is always like, if you have maybe one tip that people can really go and do today or tomorrow. So what would it be like from all of the interesting stuff that you had success with? Tricky question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, save the best for last. Yes, yes. I think going back to my SEO roots, 
is really taking people into the search console and, and diving into the query ports within there. And, and I think that's one of the most valuable places a marketer can learn from because it really helps you understand how people are looking for your brand and, and in what context does your brand come up and, and what are the true alternatives that you weren't even thinking about. So, so I think if, if there's one hidden gem that few people use, then it's definitely that report within the search console. Go in, dive into it. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Diving into the search query is definitely important and crucial. I can also add, like from my end, when running the, you know, the PPC on the search. So I always take keywords and and just type them into Google and see what comes up because this is like the the best way to really understand the intent behind keywords that sometimes you don't understand, you know, because sometimes it's you know we're promoting an industry that we don't know the all the jargon and all the keywords. But when we just search for it in Google and see what comes up, you really understand, ah, okay, this is the intent. So then you can figure out, okay, this is a keyword that I want to bid on, or maybe I don't want to bid on because it's not relevant for me. So this is like a little tip from Sure, me. for sure. All right, man. So where can people find you if they want to connect? Wow. So I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm pretty loud. I'm on uh, Twitter. I'm very active there. Mm-hmm. I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. So, so really, I'm, I'm out there and people can come in and, and really my DM is open always. I also have my personal blog called Tracking Chef. It's available at trackingchef.com. So you can go in. I, I write a lot about technical aspects of marketing, tracking pixels, all that fun stuff. So you can go in, comment. I'm always happy to help. Sweet. Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Ladlevy. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Customer Acquisition Experience Podcast with Guy Rosman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about what you're struggling with right now. So make sure to connect with us on LinkedIn or just jump onto our website at mediaflows.com. Fill out the form and get a complimentary 15-minute call to evaluate your paid advertising strategy. Thanks again and see you in the next episode.